Hello and welcome back to the Blockbuster Hall of Fame. Guess what, guys? We are here with our new franchise. This three-week stretch, we are doing the Hobbit series. Yorton picked it. He had never seen it previously. And the first movie came out in 2012, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Also, the name of the book that all three movies happen to be based off of, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. So, Jordan, tell me your thoughts on this movie. It was your first time seeing it. Have you read the books? Uh, I haven't read the books. Uh, somehow I missed out on reading the books uh, in junior high because I know that was super popular in my junior high school. But for whatever reason, my English class never covered it. So that's interesting, I feel like. My thoughts on this movie is how it both feels like and definitely doesn't feel like The Lord of the Rings uh, had the same director. There, there's just certain things that just threw me off about this movie, and I will go into more details as uh, the podcast continues. All right, Seth. Quick thoughts. Quick. I have, <laughs> I have not read the books. Uh, I, I've read a little bit of Tolkien, but not Lord of the Rings and not uh, The Hobbit. This is the first time I've ever watched this movie, and. Uh, is that a failure as an English teacher? I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. Look, I'll be honest. I missed the boat with Tolkien, and I missed the boat with Lord of the Rings, the movies, everything. And I should. Everything about the stuff I like, everything about the stuff I love, the books, the stories, everything. Like, I should love Lord of the Rings. And I, I'm going to reread the. I'm going to actually not reread. I'm going to read Lord of the Rings. Uh, eventually, then rewatch the movies, and I'm going to see if my opinion changes. But anyway, hold quick thoughts. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Yeah. Um, after my quick thoughts, we'll actually jump into our history with Lord of the Rings because I actually oh, do sorry. like you brought that up. No, 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 no. Yeah. I that was not on my agenda, but I like that you brought that up. Um, yeah, well, so my quickly, quick my quick thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, my quick thoughts on this movie. Yes, I've read the series, and ironically. I'm reading The Hobbit for the third year in a row um, right now because after I watched this movie, I started reading The Hobbit again. When Seth was started texting me about the movie, I just picked up The Hobbit to look up a certain scenes, and then I just started rereading it. So this is the third year in a row I've read this book. Um, I actually really like The Hobbit, and if y'all haven't read it, it's easily the most crushable book of the series. Um, always say start with this. Don't ever start with any of the Lord of the Rings because you won't finish at all. Um, but this movie, as I alluded to, they base this movie off of, well, they based all three movies off of one book and it definitely feels that way. This movie's runtime was far too long. Um, for its case, so two hours and 49 minutes. All right, so now we're going to hop into our history with Lord of the Rings franchise. So the three main books, the three main movies, the Hobbit book, the Hobbit trilogy, and Rings of Power, the Similarion, all of that. Jordan, what's your history with this Lord of the Rings? 
I've never read the books. I've seen the uh, cartoons quite a bit, uh, several times. The movies, uh, I've watched multiple... Uh, the Lord of the Ring movies, I've watched multiple times. I just not have watched the uh, Hobbit series. Also, the reason why I ran downstairs, I wanted to show, I even played the, the tabletop game. The Barak I painted yes, right here. The Balrog! And then a Drake. Oh, yes. The one I, but anyways, when you were talking about the history of the Lord of the Rings, I figured I wanted to sh go and show you guys. <laughs> I actually love the Balrog. Um, fun fact, um, Balrog is loosely translated to devil or <laughs> demon. And ironically, in like the Street Fighter canon lore, that's actually the Mike Tyson clone of that that that's his name in the American version, but it was originally made for um, you know, in Bison, but obviously getting sued and everything. Sorry to bring everything back to Street Fighter. But Seth Every, everything comes back to Street Fighter. There's nothing that doesn't come back to Street Fighter. Bray is so upset he's missing this episode. <laughs> oh goodness, Seth. <laughs> Go, uh, go into your history again. You know. Oh uh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do a little brief. I'll do a little bit more brief too. I, I I've only watched the movies. Uh, I never read the books. I have the books. I want to actually read them because everything screams about my life. Everything screams that I should really like Lord of the Rings. So far, the only property or association with the Rings that I've liked was there's a PS2 game, and I forgot what the name of it was, and I enjoyed the heck out of that. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. That was a that lot was of fun. one of the greatest games we've ever. I still, yeah. I think I even talked about this before. I still remember the combo input called Isildur's dash. It was like square, square, triangle. I don't, I don't do, remember that much. I didn't like it, it that was, much. I mean, I really liked it though. No, no, no. no. We had, we just played that game so much. I just remember uh, Tim. <laughs> We would go over his to Tim's house, and we just yeah. play that game so damn much. It was fun. It was a really fun game. So, because I, being like gro growing up and just like the the Battle of Helm's Deep was just like the greatest shit ever. And then, <laughs> what do you mean I get to like play in Helm's Deep now? <gasps> See, I don't know. that was the only thing I liked though. I I love the game. I have a chess set. Wooden figures carved into the characters of Lord of the Rings because my parents were so convinced, knowing me, that I was going to love the movies. And much to the disappointment in mine when we watched the movies, I was like, oh. I liked the first yeah. opening. And then it was all downhill for me from there. So I really want to, I really want to give it another shot, though. That's where I'm at with Lord of the Rings. And this is my first time watching The Hobbit. So, and I've never read oh. The Hobbit either. Since I am the only one to read the book, I'm not really going to get into the biggest differences between the book and the movie. Just know that this is probably the one of the easiest like fantasy, like high fantasy novels you'll read because it's, it's very palatable. You go, you can pound it straight through. You can probably read this book in less than a month. Everybody's saying like probably you absolutely can read The Hobbit in like two weeks. Um, I, Seth, I have to be cautious. Not everybody who listens to us is a reader. Um, <laughs> That's I'm just saying, I, was just, I, I was like, I, man, I don't know. Am 
month. I was like, all right, all right. Okay, okay. Um, but it's a really easy read. But then when we're looking at the runtime, I'm gonna the total runtime for all three movies is seven hours and fifty-four minutes. Seven hours and fifty-four minutes for all three movies. The audiobook for this book is like eight hours. What? Did y'all really just that's the audiobook version. This is like eight hours. What are we doing? That's what are we bad. Doing? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I feel like th- that's why when you watch the movie, there's a lot of little things that they add, and I'm just like, I bet that's not in the book. But they were just like, hey, let <laughs> let's elaborate on something. I would like to put something in comparison here: the newest season TV show, the newest season of Jack Reacher. The audiobook for that book that it was covering is 10 hours, and there's only eight one hour episodes of the entire season of the TV show. And there's I two seasons to... of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, ju- I'm just saying the, the book they did for season two, they did a 10 hour book in eight hours. Oh, season two is a separate book? Yeah, yeah, they do a new book every season. So. Okay. Uh, like season two had eight episodes, one hour long, ten hours on the audio. That was a TV show where they had room where they could even expand and do all that stuff, and they still they did a great job. But I mean, just wow. But wow. as we always do, as we always do, our first main thing that we talk about after we get through our quick hits and whatever. Um, our notes are we go into the positives of the movie. Um, well, not notes, but whatever I have on the agenda, and we just went through the agenda. Now it's time to talk about positives. Um, I'm gonna go with my positives. These are two of my favorite scenes in this movie because it really feels like the scene in the book. And so the first one um, is when all of the the dwarves. I'm gonna read off their names because I love their names. Once I find it, um, Thorin Oakenshield. Right? We all love Thorin Oakenshield. Okay, so we got Thorin, Balin, Bifor, Bofor, Bomber, Dory, Dwalin, Healy, Lone, Healy, Norin, Owen, Ori, Owen, Ori. Sorry. Those are the doors. And when they're showing up to um, Bilbo's house, it feels chaotic. Right? Did everybody right. like, oh, why are these people like showing up? This is the chaos. In the book, it is ex- it is that much chaos, if not more in the book. And so that's why I like love that scene. Because I'm like, wow, they really captured the chaos of everyone showing up at his door and arguing with him and telling him thank you. Or like hosting, even though it's like, what do you mean hosting? And the the chaos in the book was carried over very well to the scene in the movie. And obviously, I think this was the best part of the movie was the the golem and 
<clears throat> keep wanting to call him Martin Freeman, but it's Bilbo. Uh, <laughs> with Gollum and Bilbo when they're together in um, the caves. That scene in the book is so impactful because you realize the butterfly effect that this has on the entire series. This one interaction between Gollum and Bilbo. That one interaction, the butterfly effect of that is mass death and war carried out over the next book series. So I really like that. And they did a really good job of capturing it. And then you can, I think at the end of that scene, you can really start to feel the emotional weight of it. And that's how you kind of feel in the book. So those are my two big positives of it. And um, I mean, I really like the dwarves too. That's another positive. Like I thought they were really like funny. They were good. They, they like went through all of the cycles of emotions in this. I'm sorry, I'm doing a lot of talking. Jordan, please take over. What were your positives? <laughs> The positive, I I really enjoyed. I thought it, the movie looked really good. Uh, production value was definitely really good. I felt like, and I know this movie got a lot of uh, people who didn't like it. And I know this was also one of the movies that, when it was in theaters, ran at like sixty frames a second, which apparently that does some strange things for people trying to watch the movie, and it feels a bit unnatural. But for the most part, I I enjoyed the, the visuals of the movie. Seth? I mean, well, hold on. Is it your only positive, Jordan? That's probably the biggest pro- positive on it. Okay. Uh, and then also the strength and character of both Bilbo and uh, uh, the wizard. Now my mind would play. Gandalf. Gandalf, thank you. My brain would just... Gandalf. Yeah. Seth? Positives. Uh... My first positive is to the character of Gandalf himself being played by Ian McKellen because the X-Men comic books have made so many jokes about Magneto saying you shall not pass that it's actually a running gag. And I really appreciate that just for the record. That's really funny. Y'all should check that out. It's a thing. My actual positive for this directly for this movie, though, is that I actually think Martin Freeman did a good job. Like he doesn't usually give the chance to lead a movie. And I don't think he actually's really gotten a chance to since the Hobbit either, which is kind of a shame because he feels like now I don't think he can necessarily do the Tom Cruise type leading man movies, but I think he could lead the unassuming adventure type movies. Like I think he could do that. He he did really pretty good in this movie. I thought unassuming type of like that's literally this movie and he did a really good job at that so um. yeah and he does that that's pretty much all the roles he ever gets but it's like he could get a lead role doing that but he hasn't Uh, yeah no i think he did a really good job in here and it's so funny because he was actually Peter jackson's first choice for bilbo and um elijah wood um they were they were thinking about maybe making him Bilbo. I mean, not Elijah Wood. Sorry, uh, Toby Maguire. Um, oh, so that would have been really confusing. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, I, I was I was in picturing Elijah Wood in my head, but it was like Toby Maguire. Like there were a couple other actors that like auditioned, but he ended up going right Toby back Maguire to Martin. Maguire would be interesting. They ended up going right back to Martin Freeman with this role, and 
I'm I'm glad it was it was good it was it was a good role. Um, I thought he did a really good job, and you know, shout out Martin Freeman. Um, but Ian McKellen came back as Gandalf, and he was super excited because getting into a little bit of production talk. Guess who was supposed to lead? This movie. Guillermo del Toro. And so right before we get into negatives, the biggest negative of this movie is what is the difference between the original trilogy and the Hobbit trilogy? Location. No. Has to be. Location? No. The biggest difference is... The use of prosthetics versus CGI. Del Toro really wanted to use prosthetics because he wanted to keep it the same. Um, And then there was a big dispute between him and the studio. Uh, At the very end of the movie, or like late in production, they switched over to CGI. And Seth's favorite quote or idea from like Ian McKellen Ian McKellen almost quit acting because of this movie's heavy use of green screen. That's what I meant by location. It wasn't real. Oh, I thought they well, yeah. I thought they had shot. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Um, so getting to the negatives, that is my biggest negative. Um, I, I don't care this movie is bloated. I don't care that they added in a bunch of stuff. But how do you have these terrifying Yurikai in the original trilogy, as they're all like in prosthetics, and then we switch it over to um, playing the Shadows of Mordor video game. Like, how does that happen? That's me a bit hard on it. Come on. Sorry, that's as harsh as I'll get. I told her we're going to keep this episode for lunch. <laughs> Fun and light. So, Jordan, what are your negatives? Wow, because I actually like the uh, the CGI, even though I do prefer practical. But CGI wise, I thought it was still pretty good. Uh, my thing is tone. The t- I felt like this movie couldn't quite figure out the tone it would want to be. Sometimes it went campy fantasy, and sometimes it was trying to be serious fantasy, and I don't think it really got a good grasp on either one. And that's probably my biggest negative for this movie. And also why I feel like the director... It just felt like it was a d- different director making the movie, even though this they were bo- uh, both The Lord of the Rings, and this was made by Peter Jackson. Like, I'm thinking, like, stuff like the little things, like when you had the one... Uh, dwarf snoring, and you, he was he swallowed the, the moss and spit it back out. And I'm like, that's a weird thing to put into this movie. It's just little things like that that add to the movie runtime without really adding anything to it, and it sort of just makes it feel a bit goofier than what I felt like the, the tone of the movie should be. I think I have a great analogy for this. Um, Ray would I, this is why I need this is why I need a ray for this analogy. It feels like the Lord of the Rings trilogy was Skyfall, and then this movie goes to Spectre. Because you know how Skyfall is like very serious, 
in tone. But then Spectre yeah. just like jumps in camp out of nowhere. It's like, how do we make I, this jump from one movie to the next? I agree would murder you for considering Lord of the Rings Skyfall. And when he listens to this later, I'm, I'm going to. I hope he texts us about it. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> wait. I hope he hears this part. No, I mean, that's Am I taking crazy feels? That's what it is. It feels like Lord of the Rings trilogy. It's like Skyfall. Very I get what you're saying. That's just not the one that would have popped in my mind, but I, I do see what you're saying. <laughs> I'm still stuck on him saying Ray would agree. Honestly, if you read the book, like the book follows like a good like the tone shift in the book like flows in like it flows naturally. But in this movie, it's like it's jumping all up and over the place. Like it goes from camp. To serious, to camp, to serious. But in the book, it's like a natural progression from like, oh, lighthearted fun to like, oh my god, this is serious. And it like feels natural. So, sorry, positive. Uh, I'm staying positive. Seth, you. Negatives. Let's go. Alright, I'm gonna leave out a bunch of things. I'll stick to two. I'll stick to two things. Uh, the first one is the le- is the two biggest grievances I had. And the first of these is not the biggest. I'll say the biggest for last. The first grievance I had is I actually disagree with Jordan. I uh, the most of the movie looked fake to me. Like two. I mean, I know it's a I know it's a fantasy movie, so obviously it's fake. But it looks, and I think I'm not sure if it's at the TV I'm watching it on. You know, it's been ten years. You know, so maybe for the high def TVs, it just doesn't translate. Uh, but there's some of these that look fake, and I'm gonna tell you. I, I want you to. Please, I don't know if the second movie does this, but it. Yeah, I'll let you know what the second movie does. Look at Ian McKellen's hands, man. They look weird. They are so weird looking. They look fake. I'm like, why? Uh, I I will have something to add with that. I just because I felt like he look because he actually is older. He feels older in this movie, even though he's supposed to be younger on it, and that was. A weird negative that sort of hit me with this movie that I, I there's not really a way to correct that issue, you know? <laughs> yeah. So he's actually like high all the time. Like that, that doesn't surprise me. Some, I mean, <laughs> but no, 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 you're right. But it doesn't come off that way in the movie. It makes it seem like he just comes off as like he's old. But he's actually like supposed to be like hot in in the book. Like when he's doing these things in the book, where you're just like, it makes sense because I'm like, oh, you're just you're on sheesh the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's like different. It's like a different tone. It's a different feel. Like I said, it's a natural progression. But it just he just feels like an old man. You're right, Jordan. That's a good one. I I like that. Sorry, Seth. Go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, it's like it's just a lot of things look fake. Uh, Ian McKellen's hands was the most grievous. I don't know why, but every time I saw his hands, I was like, "It." Me and my, all right, me and Eric were watching it. We both thought there was going to be some type of gag with his hands at first, like we thought he was wearing a prosthetic hand, and that it was about to like, you know, like how magicians will shake a hand and suddenly it, it's not <laughs> a real hand. Like we, like we were convinced, it's like, why does he have a fake hand? It has to be a movie ball hand had, trick. Yeah, there has to be a plot point to this or something. And then it just never happened. And we were like, oh, my God, his hands just look fake. We don't know if they, like, makeup. They tried to smooth his hands out due to age or something. Like, I have no idea if they looked so bad. Anyway, I'm going to get off the hands now. 
a bunch of other things about it. It just so many times I was like, man, this just looks so like I remember Lord of the Rings looking better than this movie. And it was weird to me because Lord of the Rings came first. But my biggest gripe and uh, Jared instructed me to be fun and light. So I will I will say this as fun and lightly as possible. <laughs> it, it, it committed the most egregious movie sin that could ever happen in a movie. And it's that I was bored the whole time and I fell asleep three times. Uh, like when we get to the best scene, I can't even argue with Jared because I slept through his best scene. And there is no way on earth I was rewinding it. I was like, nope, nope, we're going to keep going. Uh, now I will admit, I watched this after work. That was probably not my greatest move or smartest move. But uh, yeah, no, it put me to sleep three times. I. It was, yeah. So Seth's not looking forward for the next two movies. I take it. <laughs> I'm really not. With love, I'm really not. <laughs> but I will. I, I will watch them. I am more so looking towards the looking toward uh, looking towards watching the next movie. Um, considering I am like again reading. <laughs> times and I just have a from what I remember because I've only seen the second movie once in theaters um, I just think it's going to be better this time around for me personally so I'm actually kind of looking forward to watching Desolation of Smog um, which we do get a glimpse of his eye we don't get to hear his actual voice which is Benedict Cumberbatch um, we just hear um who is it? Peter King's daughter screaming into a microphone um, for his roar at the beginning of the movie, which is uh, kind of funny that that is her voice. But um, all right, let's get into the categories, guys. Um, best scene to me, it's got to be the scene where Mar- Bilbo Baggins, sorry, who's played by Martin Freeman, runs into Gollum. I say just I mean it's the weight of that moment it creates a butterfly effect that essentially creates this series. So I think no better scene than just like going through that is the best scene. Seth, I know that is not your best scene because you did not see it. So what but is you know what? Scene? You know what? I'm gonna agree with you though, because one, I don't want to vote for any of the scenes I watched. And two, I mean I, I I like your reasoning, and so since I like your reasoning, I am uh, I'm going to vote for your scene. I awesome, Jordan best scene. <laughs> my best, I think my favorite scene is towards the beginning when you get to see the dwarven city, because we really didn't get to see dwarves in Lord of the Rings, and I always liked the dwarves. And so it was cool seeing the actual living city in the movie. Do you know how awesome that team would have been if it was actually like built, set? No, I'm agreeing with you. Like I like yeah. seeing that, but it would have just been so much better if it was like a real set. Because we didn't get to see it before. Now we get to see it, but it's like behind a green screen. Ugh. No, I agree with you. I love it. I just wish it would have been more practical. Yeah. But we got our winner. It is 
the scene between Bilbo Baggins and Gollum when Bilbo gets the one ring to rule them all. Boom. Who do we got for MVP? Jordan, who's your MVP? Yeah, I feel like it has to be uh, Bogo. <laughs> if I can say it right, Bogo. <laughs> wow, yeah, I just can't say it right. Man, I can't say anyone's Martin name. Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, Martin. Shout out Martin. I mean, he's the he's the Hobbit. He's the main driver of the story. He without him, this is this is just random events happening. No, okay. God, it still feels that way to be a doctor. Yeah, uh, I. But admittedly, I fell asleep, so I cannot. That's not a fair criticism in any way. That's totally a me thing. But I agree with you, Jordan. I actually think Martin Freeman is the best part. Uh, no, it. I'm going with Martin Freeman as well, and he did a really good job. Um, and it, like with the, with the ensemble cast like this to be able to like stand out within the ensemble cast, like. That's pretty good. I, I think it takes like good acting chops, not just like writing for the character, but you know we've seen some people who had lead good lead roles, but then their acting isn't up to snuff, so they kind of like fall in the pack. And I think Martin Freeman did a really good job of playing the unassuming hero, and then like you guys know, I hate the hero's journey, but I felt like his he, his journey is a little bit more conflicted and. He's not all the way the hero, as we learn in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, but, like, yeah, I think he did a really good job in this movie. So, shout out Martin Freeman. Six man. Oh, dear Seth. Lord. Ian McKellen's hands, right? <laughs> no. No. I'm t- I'm gonna I'm gonna take a picture for y'all. Hold on. I'm, I'm gonna send this in the thing. Y'all, I'm, I'm literally gonna pull this up as we're talking. No, my six man, I don't know. Can we do Richard Armitage? Is that that's too big of a character, right? You know, uh, Thorin is too big of a character. Oh crap! All right, Jordan, uh, you, you go. <laughs> I gotta think about this. Well, it gets into one of my issues where I don't feel like the dwarves separate separated themselves enough to really call out. They sort of all just blend in together. So that's sort of the problem. We. It's just a generic bench. I'm just going to put it that way. No one stood out, and it's just a generic bench here. Uh, oh, this is the Dallas Mavericks bench. I agree. Let's <laughs> respect on PJ Washington's name. Actually, he's going to be a starter with LMSN. I was going to say, I was like, I don't think he's going to be on uh, I'm going to go with Hugo Weaving, even though he, like, it's Hugo Weaving. Lord Elrond, like, I'm just, that, that to me is it, because it's Hugo Weaving. He's a great, yeah, I, I, I'll watch him in anything almost, so. I like Hugo Weaving. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of why I'm picking, picking him for my sixth man, just because I like him. Um, cool, it's like when Jordan Clarkson won sixth man of the year last year. Uh, awesome. Um, so, Hugo Weaving is our winner. Uh, okay. What's our next category? Oh, road trip. Actually, that's a pretty funny category for a movie about a road trip. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I am definitely going to leave. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave Thorn behind. No no no. Never mind. Nope. I don't know. I'm gonna leave Radagast behind. Because he has bird poop in his hair, and I don't want that in my car. Dude, like, I didn't even. Brown. Mm, I wasn't even Radagast talking about the bird shit night. hair guy. I was trying to be nice. You told me to be light and fun, but what the, what the freaking heck? That man hey, walked around with bird shit in his hair. This is road trip, so that's all I'm saying. Right, so Radagast is staying behind. I am taking Gandalf because he's high all the time. Reasons. <laughs> yeah. Reasons. No, it's reasons. <laughs> We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Actually, no. No. I want to leave Saruman behind. Christopher Lee's character. Saruman the White. Yeah, he does seem kind of like This a, motherfucker a is a snake. <laughs> he knows what's going on the entire time. And he's like, oh no, nothing's going on. You guys are crazy. You're taking crazy pills. Nah. I'm leaving this snake behind. Radagast and your poop hair. <laughs> You're one step above the snake in the fucking grass. Uh, he does like Sorry, nature. That's my pick. Seth. Uh I oh. I'm gonna go with uh Martin Freeman because it means we probably won't go anywhere and we'll probably <laughs> just chill and eat food and like read. And I am I'm good with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I'm not going on a road trip. Uh, You're going to his house for the dinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like I just can eat, read, sleep, hang around all uh, day. Which, like, I'm, Jordan, which dinner is it? First or second? Well, with- you have to have all the di- uh, dinners when you're with the, the hobbits. You know, you got to yeah, get the full we're course. We're fucking nerds. All right, Seth, <laughs> who are you leaving behind? Uh. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'd rather go with Christopher Lee's character than that bird shit dude. That dude stinks, and you know he stinks. If you're in a car <laughs> with that man, you know you're gonna smell everything, and it's not pleasant smells. It's not gonna hey, smell man. like spring. It's gonna smell like spring in downtown Houston after a rain shower, and it's like all the every by the dumpsters. Thing. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. You know what? We used to have a compactor at HEB, and every now and again, I'm so traumatized by the smell. I smell it every now and again, and it would, like, gush out with produce and meat juice and all the other stuff when you would compact it. It was so disgusting. That's what that man smells like. I know exactly the smell you, you're you talking about. When I worked at Splashtown, we'd go by the the main restaurant area in there. Yeah. We can have That's a what- whole episode of... Oh, go ahead. No, we can have a whole episode of me asking Jordan questions about working at Splashdown. Uh, <laughs> Jordan, who's your road trip? Alright, I'm going to go with Gandalf because he seems like such a fun guy to hang around and chill and good stories and hey, if you get enough trouble he will eventually rescue you. He might not rescue you right away, but <laughs> he's going to make sure you're not going to die. Uh, as I always say, Gandalf is never there when you call him, but he's always there when you need him. <laughs> and then I, I feel like this one was the obvious pick, but you guys didn't even bother bringing it up. But the Goblin King, like, why in the world would I want him on the road trip? 
Actually, yeah, because he can't drive. He only has. <laughs> Actually, I don't. Can he get in the car? Because he's, he's going to be sitting on top of your car as you go on your road trip. <laughs> and that, that's just going to kill my MPGs, man. <laughs> that's just so much weight and drag, man. Just going to. Actually, that one's kind of funny. I, you know what? I'm thinking about taking him just because of that. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of questions for sure as you stop somewhere. Just him sitting on top of my car riding it like a fucking uh, cat thing. And just, <laughs> yeah, I never mind. I might change it to him just for that. Awesome. So, um, that is our road trip. We had a see, we kept it lighthearted and fun. That's that. That one was fun. Um. <laughs> now we're going to get into the game that we all love. Um, insert Rotten Tomatoes theme, Ray. I hope he does. He's probably not. He's probably asleep right now. Awesome, Ray. So our winner last week was Seth. I did win. Did you? I, I don't know. I think Ray I has did. a score. I think I actually did I think win. Did. What was the movie? <laughs> Shrek 3. Right, three. I yes. Think I, yeah, Were you know, disappointed right? with your? Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, it was because it was the special. score was supremely low, but the movie wasn't that bad. Um, so Jordan, what did this movie get on Rotten Tomatoes, and why? I'm going to go with the mid of mids, fifty-five. If I remember right, there was a lot. Like, I don't remember a lot of love for The Hobbit. And so I'm just going to go with a 55. Okay. So, what did this movie get Jordan, in Rotten Tomatoes? Jordan, I thought, I was hoping you were going to make it easy for me, because I was trying to debate between 50 and 60. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't like it, and that's being, it's, it's so hard, because it's, I know it's driving me low, so I'm trying to aim high. And I was hoping you'd choose like, you know, 70 or something higher because then it wouldn't have mattered. I could just pick anything. I'd be like, all right, we're doing this. And but now you had to go pick split right down the middle. So now I got to pick. Do I think it was really like lower or higher than yours? And you, and you I know, I like to play those mind games with you, Seth. I know, I know. Because I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to vote this time to where if I win, at least I'm happy I won. So I'm going to say 50. I'm just going to go low. I was going to go 60, but I'm going to go 50. And, uh, and so that way, either way, you're not disappointed, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because, yeah, I, I think it should be low. It's probably not as low as I think it should be. But So um, in honor of Kobe Bryant getting a statue revealed tonight from the Los Angeles Lakers, the statue is actually reminiscent of him scoring 81 points. You know, when he's walking off the court with his hand up, with the finger up, you know, he scored 81. It's the same pose. The statue is in the same pose as that. The audience thought this movie was 2% better than Kobe's record-breaking 81-point performance, which is 83. That's what the audience gave this movie, 83%. Yeah, it, sorry, this is a podcasting is a visual medium for everyone listening. 
Jordan and Seth's faces are very confused because if the audience gave it that, they have no clue what the critics gave it. The critics gave this movie a 64. Jordan, you are our winner this week. I, All right, you know I what? feel good. Fine, fine. You can take that win. I don't want it. <laughs> um, the critics' consensus was pretty much they didn't like the pacing of the movie. And I was like, I mean, that's that's one issue, but I have a list of more. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so now we get down to it. Are we recommending this movie to a friend? I'm going to say, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you've already watched it. If you've read The Hobbit, you've probably already watched it. If you haven't read The Hobbit, I'm going to say, don't watch it. If you read The Hobbit and not seen the movie, I'm going to say, buddy, just read the book again. It's going to take you a amount of time. It's, it's fine. It's K. So, no, I will not be recommending this movie. Seth? There's only one person I'd recommend this movie to on this planet. It's the person I dislike the most. I I would like to waste three hours of their life. So is that what you're saying I'm doing to you guys right now? I take it? No, Jordan, (laughs) I want you to know. We, when we watch movies we I don't like, it gives me something to be critical of. And so <laughs> I, you know, I'm down with it. I'm not upset at the choice. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm feeling some like just like uh frustration and be like I watched Highland wait, no, no, I watched Highlander three and I don't even think we did the podcast for it. So like, <laughs> that episode. Yeah. Y'all made me watch Highlander three and I didn't even we didn't get a chance to talk about it. I'm still traumatized from that. So at least we get to talk about it. We're good. Why why didn't we? Because it's no I, I audibled out. I audibled. I was like, I'm not doing it. It was so bad. It was I, I completely blanked out that we didn't record that because I did watch the movie. Yeah, and it was so boring because it was like like Highlander Two is at least batshit crazy. Highlander Three was just boring. Yeah, it was no, worse. I, I, no, I audible that way. Yeah. No. So um, no, it's not that bad. But no, I'm never recommending this to anyone except for the one person I dislike the most on this earth because I would like to waste his time. I am thankful for this movie because it actually I'm reading the book again for the third year in a row. So thank you for doing this. Jordan, are you recommending this movie to a friend? Well, I guess I'm not recommending it since everyone I have talking to, Rave did not like was didn't want to seem to enjoy the movie. You two clearly. So no, I'm not going to recommend just because everyone's like, nope, don't like it. All right, I because here's the thing. I'll say it right now. I was fine with the movie. Was it amazing or anything? No, but. I was still, I I wasn't bored really, but I don't know. I I still liked it, uh, but I would give it a mid score. So yeah, it's not like it's amazing or anything like that. But I don't think of it as a bad movie. So that's my little two cents on it. So since none of us recommended it, I'll go ahead and do the honors for everyone. Is not making the Blockbuster Hall of Fame. No. Whoa, whoa! I was gonna vote yes for that. That's sarcasm. I'm so sorry. 
The uh, whole point of the Hall of Fame is to rewatch it, and clearly you you don't want to rewatch it. I'm going, and of course, at the end of the episode, I will read Ray's thoughts on the movie because he always texts us his thoughts if he's not on. Uh, his biggest complaint: it didn't need to be three movies; it should have been two, like it was originally planned to be two. But at the last minute, they decided to make it three instead, and this is what we get. Um, he said the Hobbit novel feels like an adventure, um, where the movie feels like a quest. I know what Ray means by this, but I want him. I wish he was here to explain it. I'll we'll make sure he explains what he means, because uh, I don't want to put words in his mouth. But I think I know what he's trying to say. Um, but uh, I'll have him explain that next week. And so we're gonna watch the Hobbit and the Desolation of Smog. Next week, we get to see the dragon. Dragon? dragon is awesome. This dragon is awesome. Um, and like reading, rereading the book, th- th- this meat part, like right here, like so when Gollum and Bilbo meet um, through when he sneaks into the um, the castle with the, all the gold and everything, like that's what this movie's kind of going to be. And that's actually like my favorite... One of my favorite parts of the book. So um, I think I'm really going to enjoy this next movie. Like I said, I haven't seen it since theaters. And I actually didn't read The Hobbit when I watched this movie in theaters. So um, I'm kind of kind of interested to see how it holds up. So we will see you guys next week. All right. When we are watching The Hobbit, Desolation is Small. See ya. See ya.